0: hi and welcome to this edition of fresh hope for mental health our mission here at fresh hope for mental health is to empower you to live well in spite of your mental health challenge by sharing insights through interviews practical tools for living well encouragement and courage for overcoming all from a christian perspective and now here's your host pastor brad Hayes. hello
1: my friend and welcome to fresh hope for mental health I'm Brad Haves, your host. Our purpose here on Fresh Hope for Mental Health is to empower you to live a faith-filled, rich, and full life in spite of having a mental health diagnosis. Now, I realize that every time I'm coming on to the podcast, I'm always saying, I'm anxious to introduce you to a friend of mine or whatever. Well, this guy really is a friend. Uh, We've been around each other, had lunch a couple of times, and talk quite often and shoot emails back and forth and text messages, and I want to introduce you to my real-life friend, Steve Kramer, and uh, Steve is with uh, CityServe National Director for the Vulnerable, and uh, Steve, welcome.
2: Uh, thanks, Brad, man. It's so good to talk to you. I always enjoy our times together. It's an honor to be on your show today.
1: Well, it's great to have you, and um, you know everybody got to know this guy's fun. He's uh, funny, fun, and he loves the <laughs> Lord. So that's all a good thing, right?
2: All right, I'll pay for those compliments later. Thanks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> At our favorite Mexican place out there that's in Bakersfield, right? That sounds right? Great. Uh, so, Steve, first of all, just tell me a little bit about yourself and your experience in ministry, as well as your family.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's great to be here today. And uh, my name is Steve Kramer, and I have a wife, uh, Julie. We've been married 17 years, and two kids, Case, who just turned 14, and Salo, who's 10. And uh, the interesting thing about my kids is they were born in the Netherlands. We were missionaries in the Netherlands for 10 years, uh, church planners, and working in university ministry over there. And then a couple years ago, God transitioned us here to CityServe to work in compassion ministry, One, uh, probably the most notable thing about my story is uh, that I was born with cerebral palsy. So three pounds, two and a half ounces, uh, two and a half months premature, never, never, three pounds, two and a half months premature, not two and a half ounces. I I wasn't measuring that closely, (laughs) Uh, but three, (laughs) and I was born premature and doctors came in and told my parents that if I even uh, survived the night and it was sketchy then because literally they tied a string around one of my toes to keep me breathing. So, and I always say my life was hanging on by a thread, but, um, you know, they said that if you survive, you're never going to be productive, never walk. But, you know, God had other plans and believe that God is able to do the impossible. And yes. he certainly has done that for me. And so we're working with CityServe and uh, we feel really blessed to be doing what we're doing.
1: Yeah. T- tell me or tell our listeners a little bit about CityServe, would you, and what it is, because the number of them are not going to know. And uh, for those of you listening to this, you might want to let your church know about it, or people, leaders in your city, if you, in fact, don't have CityServe.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I'd love to. CityServe started five years ago. It is a collaborative Compassion Network that started here in the States, in uh, Bakersfield, California, but it's spread all across the U.S. and now in several different countries. And we work to inspire, equip, resource, and mobilize the local church to minister to the needs of the community. We do that by collaborating with nonprofit organizations, uh, government organizations, and other local churches. And uh, we are particularly focused on the vulnerable, the vulnerable initiative. And a lot of people ask me, who are the vulnerable? Uh, And we consider those to be special needs families, those with mental health challenges, at-risk youth, and pregnant mothers and the unborn.
1: Wow. That's quite a list, isn't it?
2: Yeah, sure is. How do
1: you guys go about doing that? How How do you initiate the ministry to those folks or with those folks? Tell me about it.
2: Yeah. Well, before, we've been in this role for almost four years, and, I remember asking our pastor, who is also the co-founder, Wendell Vincent. We, I said, how, "How do we? Who are the vulnerable?" I asked the same thing: "Who are the vulnerable, and how in the world can we reach those uh, those people groups?" And I consider them to be some of the most unreached, underserved, uh, yeah. unnoticed people groups in the world.
1: Absolutely. We
2: talk about those groups. And so, what we did, and what CityServe has done uh, so wonderfully, is we really worked to identify the best. Uh, scalable plug-and-play models of compassion ministry for each area. So, and in that case, for mental health, you know, we we feel like Fresh Hope, as far as we're concerned, is is the best at uh, resourcing and mobilizing the local church, and that's really what it is all about for us. You know, there is mm-hmm. a local church uh, just about on every corner. You know, hundreds of churches here in Bakersfield, for example um, churches in every town. And we believe that God, uh, you know, has equipped the local church by his Holy spirit to meet the needs of the community. And, um, the government, you know, it's interesting in several cases, the government now is coming to the local church and saying, uh, we need your help. We don't know what to do. We've had that happen. Believe it or not here in California, some people might yeah. <laughs> in the world, how is that possible? Yeah. But also places like Ukraine before the, uh, the mm. Russian crisis, you know, the government came to the local church in, in Ukraine and said, we need help with reaching the vulnerable. Can mm. you help us? And so we believe that the it's times, you know, for such a time as this, that God has established the local church and is, and is really equipping the local church to, to meet those needs.
1: Amen. Yeah, for sure. So I've just never thought of it, but we are in Fresh Hope kind of like a plug and play, aren't we?
2: You are a plug and play. Even even that term, you know, a lot of people may not be familiar with it. My my son last week bought a Nintendo Switch, you know, and he and he said it's plug and play. You know, he just and it was. He was up and running in in about two minutes. And mm-hmm. I remember the days of, you know, Atari. That's how old I am. If anybody <laughs> remembers Atari. I mean, that was a whole ordeal to figure out how to plug it in. Remember my dad, I think we spent like three months just trying to get the thing running and going. And now, you know, we just yeah. And that's, I got to say, you know, and, uh, and I'm blowing a little bit, I'm not blowing smoke here, but Fresh Hope is incredible that way. The way you guys have helped us uh, equip local churches and its, it's immediate. Um, for example, last week or two weeks ago, I was in Mexico and I talked to, you know, one of your uh, administrators and she said, well, we got you taken care of. We had books. Okay, now, Brad, I was in parts of Mexico I didn't know existed. I mean, I, I really oh. felt like nobody would ever find us if we got lost. And We had, we had huh? Fresh Hope books, we had Fresh Hope flyers. Uh, the pastors were receiving it, the church leaders were receiving it, many times with tears. Uh, one one guy who ran a, a men's ministry rehab center down there was, was crying when he got the book because he had an immediate need. Wow. Um, and I tell a lot of stories, we probably don't have all day, but I gotta tell you this one story. So we're up in the mountains of Mexico, And this just shows, I mean, I I work in our backyard. Like we always said, cities are from your neighborhood to the nation. So I'll be working at a neighborhood church. And next thing you know, I'm down in the mountains of Mexico. But I was at this men's uh, ministry rehab center and sitting there and um, a guy walks in and he's kind of shuffling in. He's looking at the ground. He's probably, I would think in his 40s or 50s, has a jacket on. and, And the leader of the ministry says, this guy just came in. Out of nowhere, just out of the mountains, came in, walked into our center. We don't know his name. We don't know his background. We have no idea where he comes from. And we've been praying that God would help us meet his uh, mental health needs. Oh. We have several men like that. We've been praying specifically. And I said, well, we can help you today. And I had a book. I had flyers. Oh. You can go online for all the training. I mean, it was it was meeting an immediate need. And, and that's the thing, Brad, you might have other questions, but I'm going to just keep rolling here. Yeah. It it blows my mind, you know, here in Bakersfield, we drive every time we drive out the door, we are faced. Our kids were faced with the reality of severe mental health issues, things Mm -hmm. that I can't even describe over the air. They're they're so traumatic that Mm -hmm. that my kids have seen in the back of our minivan. And, And then I go to a church. I was at a church recently where I was vulnerable about my own story. Um, there was a period of several years where I struggled with uh, anxiety and panic attacks, and mm-hmm. I, being a motivational speaker, it hit me right before I would speak. And you might think, "Oh, that's just nerves," but this was severe, where sure. I wanted to quit the ministry, run yes. away. But I can't run with Sir palsy, so that was tough, <laughs> you know. And uh, it was kind of a challenge, you know. But but uh, I shared at this one church, and and I think we all understand that there's a certain stigma tied to mental health. And so I kind of wondered, and especially as a as a minister, right? I mean Mm. I I I said, you know, I struggle sometimes with anxiety and panic attacks and and I I was really kind of nervous about sharing that. But after the service, there was a line 15 deep at our ministry table and people whispering to me, I have bipolar. Yes. I don't know where to go. I have a mood disorder. I don't know where to go. Mm. I, I have extreme anxiety. Can you help me? And I'm telling you, every church has these people. Yes. And, it, and, and I would, I'm going to say it maybe even up to half could be a majority in some places, you know, because the church is the place where the wounded run to, right? That's how right. it should. Yep. And so we, the church is the most attractive place for someone with mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And then they get there. And that was and that was my case. <laughs> you know, I didn't know who to talk to except my wife. Yeah. I'm not going to put a Facebook post saying, "Hey, I struggle." <laughs> now, Pastor, when I come to your church this week, I might uh, I might have a panic attack. In the you might of a see a
1: guy with cerebral palsy <laughs> running out the door, <laughs>
2: exactly. which may take
1: me ten minutes or more. <laughs> and then you'll
2: truly believe in miracles when that happens. Yes. A guy with cerebral palsy running out the door, but you know. Um, they just don't, a lot of, a lot of people, myself included, just didn't know where to go. Sure. And that's what I love about fresh hope. fresh hope. We have real answers, you know, to real issues that people are facing and those issues are only getting, uh, you know, they're only getting bigger. I, I read an article this last week that 90% of Americans now believe we have a mental health crisis in America. Yes. And yet most churches you go to, and you would know better than me, I w- I'm going to say le- one, less than 1% have a mental health ministry. That's been my experience in hundreds I, and hundreds of churches.
1: I think you're correct. I yes. mean, it's—and uh, a lot of our pastors and leaders are in a state of mental health crisis themselves from the uh, pandemic and just the yeah. needs and how things have changed, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So— You know, one of the things that we're thrilled about is that you're going to be speaking at our conference on February 11th, and I'd love to have you give just a little snippet of what you're going to be talking about in your presentation.
2: Yeah, you know, I I feel honored and and humbled to be alongside so many great speakers. I looked at the invited guest speaker list, and I, I thought, you know, I'm next to spiritual giants and people that I feel like have been through so much more, uh, life experience than I have. But I, so I, I talked to my wife and I thought, you know, what's, what's one thing that I can bring to the table that maybe many people don't experience that. And, and, and with a physical disability that limits me every day, you know, and I have to overcome every day. I, yes. I just saw how to, how to find hope in the everyday life when it, when, because I also believe I, and I've experienced, you know, God's healing miraculously overnight. You know, I remember Uh, one time I broke, I broke a thumb. I prayed as a 13 year old, woke up the next morning, cast was off. The thumb was better. You know, I've had those miraculous moments, but so many of the times it's more about enduring faith. And I, and I believe that that's Mm -hmm. really where faith gets tested when you wake up on a Monday, a Tuesday, Wednesday. So for almost 50 years, you know, I have had a, uh, Cerebral palsy is, is brain damage from lack of oxygen. So fortunately, well, it may have affected my sense of humor, but you know, uh, <laughs>
1: well, if <laughs> that's, that's so, wife, I wife. have it <laughs> also.
2: <laughs> but the point of it is, is, you know, limitations that don't go away. And even though I, people pray for me on the regular and I still pray, um, you know, how do we find hope every day? Yes, And, and I think there are so many of the listeners of this podcast today that are just thinking, I don't know, it's Monday. I don't know if I can make it to Tuesday. And yeah. that's, that's who I wanted to talk to. So I just share some real practical uh, stories and steps that I've found uh, in my own life that, that have brought some freedom and healing. Um, and then, you know, it's led to being able to help others, which I think is what it's all about.
1: Yeah, for sure. And You know, if as a listener today, if you're listening to this and it's prior to February 11th, 2023, uh, I would encourage you to register for the conference. You just do that by going to freshhope.us. It's free for 12 hours. And if you're listening to this after February 11th, uh, 2023, then write me at pastorbrad.freshhope.us. And uh, we will see if we can give you access for 12 hours to it. Um, there'll be all kinds of speakers, and uh, Steve will be one of them. And I, I trust that your um, 20 minute presentation is going to be very inspirational, Steve, I do. Uh, I, thank you. I, I believe that you are you are a peer. You've been through it. You go through it every day. And uh, it doesn't mean you do it perfectly. It just means that you might have some insights for those of us who face days where we feel hopeless, right?
2: Yeah. You know, it reminds me of yesterday I was reading Galatians 6, two, and it says, you know, that we bear one another's burdens to fulfill the law of Christ, which is to love God and then love other people as ourselves. Yes. And I think that we live in a culture that's, you know, it's easy to give. It's easy to give one time, it's, but it's a lot different story to bear one another's burdens, you know. And uh, I did, one thing that uh, my son told me yesterday, he's in junior high, I thought this was this was interesting, is that he said that um, even at his school, mental health is such an issue now that in PE, twice a week, they talk about mental health, you know. And oh, so wow. I want to challenge any church leaders and pastors, if our public schools are addressing mental health twice a week, we can address it at least once a week. And yes. you know, I, I just think that this generation is almost almost to the point of demanding it. There like like for them, it's not a, there's no stigma. It's like why wouldn't we in T right. talk about mental health? Right. <laughs> you know, it's a no-brainer. Exactly. So, yeah, so I thought I thought that was really interesting and also encouraging, you know, because I think the more our, our culture, I guess you could say secular culture is bringing these things up. I, I think the church it's a challenge to the church. Are we going to be late responders? See, I think the church should be the first responders. That's how I see
1: it. I agree. And,
2: and uh, so, I, again, I just thank you for all you do, Brad, and fresh oh, hope. It's well. Incredible.
1: You know, I love your pun. I don't think you picked up on it, but you said talking about mental health is a no-brainer. I love that. <laughs> I'm gonna use yeah. that somewhere. It's gonna become the title of something or a meme that I make or something. Oh, yeah. But feel
2: free. It I'll is be looking for the bumper sticker. Well, I'll
1: give you credit, Steve <laughs> Kramer, you know. Um, okay, all right. because it is a no-brainer. But is, boy, in is. the Christian church, we just I think it's because we don't have a theology around Things with the brain, we we don't have a structure for that, and we think somehow that the Bible doesn't deal with mental health, but it yeah. does. It does. Yeah, you're right.
2: You're absolutely right. You know, one thing, Brad, that you reminded me just now, and I, I think I've told you this before in person, but when I first heard you speak i here our church. You said something I'm going to paraphrase, but you said, you know, we have no problem treating a broken leg or even cancer, but when our brain is broken, then we have an issue with it. Yes. And man, something about that made so much sense to me, and I've shared that so many times. I, I don't always say, you know, Brad Hayes, so I probably should, since you're, you're you know, you're no. giving me credit for my bumper sticker. But uh, I, I just, I don't understand why this is a big issue to talk about. You know, um, I know, invulnerability is where we get our connectedness with each other. It's not through um, showing off our strengths. You know, yeah. it's where we are vulnerable with each other. That's the strength of a relationship. When I think about my relationship with my wife, you know, when I first met her, I, I, before I got engaged, I had a big question to ask her. And I said, you know, how do you know you can live with somebody and be married to someone and love somebody with cerebral palsy? You know, and she said, it's because of your cerebral palsy. And it's made you who you are. That I love you even more, and I believe that that's the secret. If people feel free to share their mental health struggles, there's something very connecting about that. Something um, it's an enduring
1: quality. Yes. yes.
2: And 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 Brad, that's the thing that immediately uh, drew me to you and and my wife to you is that you were willing to share. You know, and you did it in a very. It was not a uh, wasn't a pity party. You know, but it was, this is who I am, and this is part of my journey, and man, yes. everybody responds to it, and uh, thank God for our weaknesses, right?
1: Right, because I, I used to be terrible prior to going through everything I've been through with mental health uh, stuff for myself. I, I used to be just a arrogant kind of, uh, you know... <laughs> Uh, yes, people are broken, and, you know, I didn't think about sharing my brokenness. Yeah, I, why would yeah. I do that? I don't, yeah. you know. I was talking to an African-American pastor uh, in a meeting earlier this morning from Houston, and he brought up that in the white Christian church, in the evangelical circles, we really tend to put on the dog, I mean that's not mm, how we said it yeah. but we do. Yeah. We kind of yeah. show each other the strength. We don't show our vulnerabilities. We didn't grow up yeah. in a culture where that was necessary even. Yeah. Where in African American churches they have suffered greatly and yeah. they talk about struggle.
2: Yeah. Yeah, wow, that's you know Reminds me of one time in the Netherlands, we were just there a couple of years and I was going into church. Now you go into church and people greet you at the door. Yes. And I saw a lady from our small group and I said, how are you doing in Dutch? And she said, and responded in Dutch, she said, oh, I'm depressed. I mean, and, and it was so, it was such a slap in the face to Julie and I, because we didn't know how to respond because we'd been conditioned in the American church where you always say I'm good. How about you? Yep. You know, as you, as you're wiping the tears and the mascara, well, I'm not wiping the mascara, my yeah. wife you know, you know what I mean. and, uh, don't want to give people the wrong idea out there. But right. you know, the, the thing is, is there, when she shared that, you know, it deepened our relationship, you know, and if it, and yeah. if somebody shares their vulnerability and it doesn't have that impact on you, you better do a self-examination yeah, of, of exactly. who you are as a person. Yep. You know, and um, there, that's one thing I love about compassion ministry. And I'm not going to say that nobody's cocky or there's not wrong motives, but I will say that, that it's very hard to go to the most broken in the world and feel uh, sorry for yourself.
1: Absolutely. You,
2: you, you know, or feel like you, you need to brag on yourself when you're, you know, and Yeah. so I, I, th- I think we just have this opportunity to, and people say it so much more eloquently than I am, but you know, to walk bear one another's burdens journey with each other with our brokenness and not even trying necessarily, you know, there's some kind of freedom. Uh, I'm sharing, sure, I'm sharing sure a lot here. But when I, when I went through this anxiety, panic attack uh, thing, I, I, it just got to be too much. And I went to my doctor and it was one of the toughest things I've ever done. Sure. And, and by the way, people might think, Oh, cerebral palsy, man, that's so tough. The mental health thing I went through was much tougher than anything I've ever dealt with. Isn't with that interesting? Tr-
1: that's really,
2: it, it, yeah. It was excruciating so I went to my doctor and I said hey uh, I was kind of embarrassed cuz here I am this overcomer this motivational speaker and I said look every time I speak I have severe anxiety and panic attacks and it's just it's too mm-hmm. much okay, and he and he put me on a what's called a beta low dosage beta blocker mm-hmm. and this little medicine <laughs> was a game changer like all yep. of a sudden I felt like I could Hear clearly from God, even though I Mm -hmm. prayed all the time, you know, it just it calmed me down to where I could think clearly, I could speak clearly, and I enjoyed life. And it was probably easier to be around, you know, wasn't uh, yeah. So, so I think that if we're just willing to share our weakness and not so necessary, you know, forget worrying about I gotta say this in the right way, okay, but remember. I've had people pray for my healing from cerebral palsy. And sometimes I want to say but it, but there's a beautiful story in my cerebral palsy. And and if and I'm not saying God couldn't heal it or shouldn't heal it, but if he heals it, some of that story is going to go away.
1: Uh, if that makes sure. sense. Oh, no, it makes and, total and, sense. Yeah.
2: yeah, but some people rebuke me and say, oh, you know, that's terrible theology. Well, maybe it is, but that's just my reality. And I, I think that no, I, I think
1: never... that's never— I, yeah, I I really I so do. Too. There's liquid yeah. gold that God yeah. takes from pain that that He uses. That He that would not be there if you didn't have that, or if I didn't yeah. have bipolar, or yeah, you know. Let me ask you. Uh, we're as we kind of are. Drawing to a close, I've got a big question to ask you. Uh-oh. <laughs> you made the, you made the statement, and I'd really like to hear an answer as to why the mental health thing was even more of a struggle or difficult than the cerebral palsy.
2: Yeah, I, I think there's a couple reasons that come to mind right up the top. One would be that that it is a uh, it's a private struggle. You know, it's something, in fact, sense. I, I would share with, uh, with friends, you know, just kind of half share, you know, how you do to test the waters to see yes. what they can handle of your vulnerability. And I'd say, Hey, I really get nervous before I speak. And, and, and by the way, I'd been a CBS, I, my TV, I had a TV background. So yeah. this was something new, It was something deeper. It was not just your normal nerves. And I knew that. And they'd say, Oh yeah, I do too. You know? But what's interesting, Brad, is I would see I go to church and I still it it still haunts me or I'd see a newscast or something. I can tell when someone's on the verge of a panic attack while they're speaking. Mm. I can I can I can Mm -hmm. sense it, you know, and I think that's something about brokenness is that it really um, the tears of your own experience give you crystal clear vision to see the hurts of others.
1: Oh, that's really good.
2: Yeah. And I don't think you can have that vision without having your own tears.
1: Oh, that, that man. Just, yeah. yeah. And so if you haven't turned that into a bumper sticker, you need to.
2: <laughs> I don't know if that's the, the most optimistic one, but it's, you know, but it's true. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, the other thing I would say is that because it was a private struggle, you know, I didn't experience freedom until I shared it, shared it with others and felt free to do that. And that's what I love about this talk about mental health. Because now, because my son's school twice a week in PE addresses mental health. He, does, he goes, oh, I, what Papa was going through with speaking is no big deal. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's like he it's like he sprained his ankle, but he'll get better. You yep. know, and and even the definition of what does better look like, you know, if I if I and I don't take these uh, this medicine as much as I used to. But let's say I had to take it the rest of my life. Does that make it any worse? I don't think so. You know, yeah. I, I think uh, somebody once somebody recently said I heard, and this because I always was against medication, for example. And they said this is uh, in regards to high cholesterol. They said, you know, nobody gets an award for dying without taking medication. <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> that's and I, true, and I thought, man. That that's like a truth I needed to hear. Yeah. You know, there's no there's no ribbon. Oh, you died at you know 55, or you had panic attacks your whole life, and your life was miserable, but you never took a you know a, a 40 yeah, milligram Yeah, so you get an extra jewel
1: in your crown in heaven. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
2: Like where, like where do we get these these? And I and I'll tell you where I think we get them. A lot of it is cultural. Americans, man, we are tough. Oh, we're yeah. independent. You know, I'm from the West Coast, so all my relatives came over the Rockies. You probably heard of the Oregon Trail, made yep. famous by that game. You know, like we we fought hard to overcome. And I think mm. that is probably one of our biggest weakest, weaknesses of a, of a culture. And it's also our greatest strength is that we just don't know when to kind of surrender and say, I need help. Yeah. And so what happens, and let me just say this about pastors. And uh, Mm. I have a family member who works with pastors right now, rural pastors, and and I was sharing about Fresh Hope, and he said, you know, it's so tough to get churches to do mental health ministry because so many pastors themselves are hurting. Yes. And I thought, wow, how do we overcome this? Yeah. You know, it has to start with church leaders, pastors, all leaders, even our government leaders saying, hey, I'm not doing really good right now, and I need help. But you yeah. know, sadly, the minute that happens, what happens? A pastor gets removed, or oh, a sure. government leader doesn't get elected. Um, so, so that's that's why the mission of Fresh Hope, and in partnership, I believe, with CityServe, it really is is important because I I don't see this getting uh, better. You know, I just don't right. see like it magically fixing itself. You know, right? Um, and so,
1: yeah. You know, I love so much of what you've said today, and I can't believe I waited this long to do a podcast with you. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to do a couple more, or we need to start a podcast together, because with pastors, for instance, I and I think you know that here at Fresh Hope, we've developed a a, a division of our Fresh Hope for Pastors called Mm -hmm. Healing the Heart Wounds of Ministry. Yeah, so good. I think even rural pastors might participate because it's not so much about mental health issues as Mm -hmm. it is what unresolved pain and process difficulties in ministry does to you, and how do you process it? How do you deal with it?
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, a lot of my, a lot of the trauma that that brought on those panic attacks, we had transitioned back from the Netherlands and there were some tough ministry things where, were, you know, and I, I care about what I'm like, everybody, I care about what people think sure. and people are disappointed. And there was just a lot of trauma through, I won't get into it, but over a couple of years, there was a lot of trauma and that's, that's what I believe was the, the cause of it. Yes, You know? And so I think that, um, that's the thing is we, I think pastors, if they can, if they can just embrace that and say, and you know, you have to be smart about it. You know, you won't see a Facebook post, uh, you know, me sharing every deep wound that I have, no, but I do believe that, that God wouldn't, God be would. <laughs> no, healthy, wouldn't be
1: appropriate. That's not healthy, but there's a lot
0: of people who do it.
2: <laughs> oh, oh man. You know, that, that's one of the saddest things. And I'm sure you've experienced this when you, when you scroll through your friends list and you see somebody having a, a nervous breakdown on a Facebook oh, post. Yeah. You know, and I'll even send them a message like, "Hey, can we get you help? You know, privately." And but it's happening more and more. And I I think that the minute we can find a safe place and Fresh Hope does that. You know, one of the things that I that even this last week, uh, speaking of the Netherlands, is I was sharing with somebody that they can jump on a Fresh Hope Zoom, confidential. They can experience it. You guys have, and and you know, you're not you're not paying me to say this, but I really believe this. I'm not sure I've seen a ministry that's worked so hard to help people on ramp where they're comfortable. Wow. So, you can jump on Zoom anywhere in the world. You can sit in confidential and watch the Zoom what and and so that's something that I'm actually looking at offering more to churches is, "Hey, here's your first step. Maybe you you maybe you're not sure about all this, but you can at least observe a fresh hope weekly meeting can't you online where nobody knows who you are?"
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah.
2: I mean, I love it. That's Wow, that's where we have to start. That's what I
1: am going to have to put you on staff. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to start paying you for these things.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. no, oh,
1: I appreciate yeah. it, and yeah. and we are so excited about what's going on with CityServe, and we're looking forward to helping in a number of areas with CityServe for plug plug and play things, and, um, mm-hmm. and yeah. I just look forward to working even more with you in the future. Thanks, Brad. It's been great having you today. Would you mind uh, praying for anyone listening?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'd be glad to. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for the life you've given us, Lord. And I think about how you show in your word such tremendous care for us. And even for the sparrow that falls from the trees, you care for them. You know, the number of hairs on our head, Lord. And I yeah. and I think there are people listening right now and they, they feel so alone, so isolated. And that's a tool of the enemy to feel isolated, to feel yeah. alone, to feel like you're the only one. I know I felt that. Even as even as someone who walked with, with the Lord for decades, I still felt mm-hmm. at times so like like it was kind of like I had nothing left. Mm. Um Lord, I just speak hope into their into their situations and I pray God that um you would surround them with community, with a loving family, community, with friends. Maybe it's just one person that they should share their story with and say, "Hey, I didn't know how to tell, but you know, you've been my friend." <laughs> Go to a deeper level of relationship. Lord, I pray too that for those that are listening, like myself, I think all of us, this challenge to not just give to a cause, uh, be touched for a moment, but to bear one another's burdens, journey with each other through the ups and downs, the mountain valleys mm-hmm. of life. And uh, thank you for that, Lord. And, and you've shown us the model of that because you walked um, as a man on this earth and you experienced everything that we experience, Lord. Lord. And, and yet um, you overcame through the power of the Holy Spirit, through community, and through the love of your Heavenly Father. And we thank you for that. Most of all, Lord, that we are so loved today. Yes. We're so loved that we will spend our lifetime trying to fathom just how much you love us. And all we can say is thank
1: you. Yes. Lord Amen. Jesus. Thank you so much, Steve. One thing we did not mention is how to find out about more about CityServe. What's the website? Where do they go? What do they do to find out more?
2: Sure. Yeah, there there's a it's cityserve.us is the website um if you want to find a little bit more connect with me then i have my own website stevekramer.org but on sit- within the city serve you kind of work through the links there's 10 initiatives and we're the vulnerable initiatives so there's a another podcast on there what we can offer the church there's an article uh like i said if you're if you're a church or an orphanage or a school that wants to reach special needs families, uh, those with mental health challenges, at-risk youth, or pregnant mothers and the unborn. And we have, like I said, scalable, plug-and-pay models for all those. But we're uh, the Lord has been burdening me for a fresh hope. I just believe that every church needs to have. Uh, a ministry like this that can address what's actually happening in their church now. Mm. If there, if Brad, if there's a church out there that doesn't have mental health issues, I want to talk to that pastor and I'll come visit (laughs) because maybe, maybe where are you at Nebraska? Maybe that's happening in Nebraska. That's not That's not. that's not the case out here on the West yeah, Coast. I'm well, sure. I don't
1: think there's any church like that. In fact, let me go with you, because I have the <laughs> spiritual gift of triggering people, and their mental health <laughs> issues show up.
2: <laughs> yeah, the minute we walk into the church, we've already kind of blown it for them, because we're, we're two broken guys ourselves
1: on this journey, right? Yes. So. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, so good to have you today, Steve. Thank you for taking time to record this with me i appreciate you and love you as my brother so thank you
2: all right thanks bro lord bless everyone
1: thank you well my friends this has been another edition of fresh hope for mental health thanks for spending time with us we pray that it's been helpful to you You can always email me with ideas, questions, input at pastorbrad at freshhope.us. We're on all the social media things and all that kind of stuff. You can check out our YouTube channel. We've got videos, resources. But would you do me a favor? If you're listening to us today on iTunes, would you leave a comment? That helps us in uh, other people finding us on iTunes. And so, if you would do that, and be sure and pass the program on to your friends, and maybe your church needs to consider um, becoming involved in CityServe, or your city is doing it, or you think they should, or whatever. Uh, let me tell you, I'm very impressed with CityServe and how the Lord is using it. Um, so, if you need a group, uh, need resources, we have books, we have all kinds of things, go to freshhope.us, freshhope.us, and the City serve is cityserve.us. Um, until next time, may the Lord hold you with his perfect hope that is not wishful thinking, but sure and certain hope. And may you have it daily, Monday through Sunday. I'm Brad Haefs, and this has been another edition of Fresh Hope for Mental Health.
0: You've been listening to Fresh Hope for Mental Health. If you have an opportunity, please review, share, and subscribe to the Fresh Hope for Mental Health podcast on iTunes or on the service that you use. We encourage you to share our podcast on social media with your friends and family. Previous podcasts of Fresh Hope for Mental Health can be found at freshhopeformentalhealth.com, iHeart Radio, Stitcher Radio, and iTunes. Fresh Hope is one of the leading networks of faith-based peer support groups internationally. For more information about Fresh Hope, go to freshhope.us.